Love Talk Radio. podcast uh as you may have read we are doing things a little differently now uh we have a shorter show earlier in the week of about 45 minutes smaller grouping tonight you have myself and co-editor tito rivera uh and then later this week we'll have a larger roundtable show for about an hour and a half um tonight we're just going to talk about a few things clearly there's uh few things going on. The team's about to get ready to start playing tonight. Uh, let's see if Tito's in. Tito? Just a couple. There you are, Tito. Welcome. Okay. Don't worry. Perfect. I, I held things down. Okay. I, I heard. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tito, okay, now that well, you're here, uh, just, uh, yeah, you know, we'll how are you doing? How's, how's your night? It's not too bad. I'm um, excited for... This game tonight, Cardinals are only sitting, you know, four four games back or four and a half games back of first place in the Central Division, um, and they're only three games back in the wild card because, man, I, I'll tell you what, if you had told me that the Colorado Rockies were going to slip so bad in the second half, uh, I'd call you crazy, but, but, I mean, it's a welcome sight for sure. Well, I know, um, I know some people – might like these later games, but, man, I can't stand the West Coast trip. It's cool seeing them face some of these NOS teams, but I hate the late starts. I just I can't stand the fact that I have to stay up until all all hours of the night, which I know it makes me sound old, but I'm, I get tired. But, you know, it's exciting to where we're at right now. Um, I, I don't want to get my hopes up because this team has had the innate ability to uh, get our hopes up much like their uh, hot streak earlier this year that got them right back into the central. But, you know, I had a feeling about the Rockies early on that they didn't make an, they didn't make any moves at the deadline to improve. And I think they really could have used some pitching. And I think that's coming back to bite them. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, they are banking on a lot of rookies right now. So, you know, I could definitely see where you're coming from, especially with Sentencella and, uh, Kyle Freeland, who's probably their best starter. Um, They're both rookies, and not to mention, you know, Herman Marquez as well, who's a rookie. So, yeah, the Rockies are relying on a lot of young arms to get them to the playoffs, and right now they just don't seem to have it. But I'll tell you what, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks look scary, man. I don't know who could actually – you know, they might even be able to take on the Dodgers. Yeah, I watched that game last night, mostly out of fantasy implications, being that I own Robbie Ray. But that I, it has to make you wonder why other teams, including the Cardinals, didn't really make a, more of a push for J.D. Martinez. The guy is a power bat, and those weren't really readily available at the deadline. So I'm really shocked that not only that the Diamondbacks got him so easily, but for so little. Yeah, and – you know, I think part of it is because people are scared of a rental piece. 
and I'm sure the Cardinals were, you know, cognizant of that. And, you know, I think a little gamesmanship also happens. I think teams particularly will look at a team or look at other teams and say, okay, we'll see what you have. We'll see if any other team comes along. If they have better, we'll go with them. But if they don't, you know, we'll, we'll go with you guys. And I think that may have happened with the Cardinals, you know, Everybody can tell that the Cardinals have a good farm system. They know it's no secret. They're outfielding, they're pitching. Even their infielders are doing really well this year. And as case in point to uh, the Memphis Redbirds. So, you know, a little gamesmanship could be happening in that. And I've always wondered how often that does happen. But, you know, it doesn't surprise me that the Cardinals, and obviously they didn't do anything, but it doesn't surprise me that the Cardinals didn't really do anything worthy of us talking about at the trade deadline. So, eh, you know, J.D. Martinez is, is a great player, but he is a free agent to be. So that's going to be some tricky stuff in the offseason. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. And you mentioned it. Memphis has been a little bit of a breeding ground for us this year, which we that we haven't seen in a couple of years. Um, what do you, what's your take on, uh, you know, Harrison Bader, Luke Weaver, Jack Flaherty, we're we're getting an influx of youth right now, and to me, it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, you know that we might as well just go ahead and jump into our first topic, and that's and that's the rock, roster shakeups. And uh, you know, when it comes to the influx of the future for the St. Louis Cardinals, I don't know about you, but I I'm ex, I'm ecstatic about this. I think the Cardinals are finally doing what we wanted them to do all this time it was to bring up these young guys, give them a chance to play. Let's see what they have. You know, look at Harrison Bader. Guy gets called up, you know, early in July, gets sent back down, and then he comes back and hits two bombs over the weekend. You know, where was that power earlier? And now he's hitting for, for a little bit of power. Then you see Luke Weaver who goes out and does what he does best, and that's throw gems, and that's all he's done since starting into the rotation, uh, thanks to the absence of newly traded Mike Leake. And then, of course, who I was looking most forward to this season, I, and I was thankful to actually see him, and I wrote about it, was the sign, the sight of Jack Flaherty for the St. Louis Cardinals. All this time we keep hearing about the Cardinals having great starting pitching prospects, but really nothing ever came of it because they didn't want to give them a chance. Maybe they didn't want, not necessarily that they didn't want to, but the rotation was so stocked up that the Cardinals didn't have any room. So now that you've offloaded uh, uh, Mike Leake and now that Adam Wainwright has some injury as well, you're able to slot in a couple pieces in there, the future of the Cardinals, and it looks good. You know, I know Jack Weaver or uh, Jack Weaver, <laughs> Jack Flaherty gave up five earned runs, but come on, that's his. It's his first start in the major leagues. He's not going to be perfect. But what I did, what I did like out of his start though, was the ability to get strikeouts. He made some hitters look really, really stupid. So I'm excited. What about you? Well, I'm just kind of in my mind picture, picturing a Jack Flaherty, Luke Weaver mashup right now. I think that'd be a pretty dominant pitcher now that you've called him Jack Weaver. But overall, <laughs> I the, the minor leagues have have really started to flourish for us, and it's coming back to when we were seeing all these young guys come up 
And, I mean, some of them weren't exactly young, but they were coming up from Memphis and, like, Matt Carpenter and Alan Craig. But now these dominant arms are coming up right now. If someone would have told me the, the effect that Luke Weaver would have had when immediately coming into the starting late this year, I wouldn't have believed him because I'm you always have to factor in for that young rookie kind of wall that players can hit, and he has not seemed to have any issue. He is just mowing through guys. He's just missed out on another 10K outing by one the other night. I mean, that's exciting. I And I have to completely agree with you. Jack Flaherty is a guy that I have been dying to see this year, and I'm so glad we got to see him, and I hope we get to see, keep seeing him. I'm not sure what the plan is for him going forward, but you know, I think anybody that is upset by his original outing isn't really paying attention because the guy has dominant stuff. His first career start in the majors, this isn't a Luke Weaver situation where he got one last year. This was his first start this year, and he's had a meteoric rise this year. He started in A, and I do believe their full intention was to have him in A for – if not the majority, potentially the whole year. So he has just flown through, and he's up here now making his headers look silly, like you said. He's got some ability, and the Cardinals are in a nice position right now, especially with that move of leak, which shocked everyone. I'm still baffled by it. I don't know what the Cardinals tricked Jerry DePoto into taking Marco Gonzalez and – Mike Leak off our hands this past season, but man, we owe him because he saved us some money going forward, and that's the type of money that can go to a big-time free agent. Maybe Manny Machado next year, maybe in a trade for Giancarlo Stanton. There's a lot of options, so it, we're in a nice place right now. Yeah, and and interesting that you bring up you know, the Mike Leak trade, and we'll get to that a little bit later because I do want to spend some time on it because I, I personally think it's, it has a tremendous impact later on in the offseason and for 2018, but I'll hold off on that. But what I also found interesting um, is the fact that, you know, you know, Jack Flaherty is up now in September. And if you can recall, Josh, there was a moment that Jack Flaherty's name came up in trade talks. And that was, you know, in a potential deal with Stephen Piscotty to Oakland for Sonny Gray. So there's a part of me that is saying, hey, don't get your hopes up too far because of that kind of news. And that kind of makes me worried because I think Jack Flaherty, you know, has the stuff of a number two to number two guy, maybe it, you know, definitely a three. And, you know, max effort would be a number one guy. And I would hate to see the Cardinals lose him, especially when you have, you know, Adam Wainwright in the twilight of his career, possibly Lance Lynn, not even coming back to the St. Louis Cardinals next year. So I, I get a little nervous that something like that, is still in the works and that he's slightly auditioning for maybe an off season trade. I don't know. What do you, what do you think of that? You know, 
going into, say, two weeks ago, I would have agreed with you. But I think things are opening up now that Jack Flaherty and, and Luke Weaver are going to be untouchable, in my opinion. That's not saying, you know, if something comes up, they couldn't be moved. But I really think that the Cardinals have made a decision to go with these guys for the future. There has been zero commitment from the organization to even talk to Lance Lynn. So I don't think he's even going to get a, a contract discussion from us. Yeah, Adam Waiter, I found his way out. Mike Leake's now gone. So we got to have some guys fill some holes. And I think what the what the front office has to be thinking is, let's build with what we have right now. Let's save some money instead of signing Lance Lynn to an extension. Let's get these cheap guys in and go spend some money somewhere else. Yeah, and that and that's very possible. I mean, you 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 mentioned it earlier. You know, even if they ended up trading for. Giancarlo's cannon. They have to have the the cap space to be able to do that as well without hitting a luxury tax. And so, you know, taking on Stanton's contract if they were to go get him, you know, that's an extra, you know, what is it, 18 million next year, and then 20, and then it goes to the 20s from here on out. You know, before he has the op, option to uh, to opt out of the team's deal. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely some. Uh, some kind of thought process that the Cardinals are, are obviously going through right now. But as you have always said before, John Moselak is the master of, of, of speak. So he won't tell you anything that you won't, you don't need to know. And he probably wouldn't even tell you anything anyways. So one thing I do want to get to though, uh, before we move on to the next topic is the amount of injuries that the Cardinals have been going through in the last couple of days. And some key injuries are Colton Wong, Matt Carpenter, Tommy Pham, um, and even Dexter Fowler have seen, are now seeing some time on the bench to get some rest. Um, Josh, what do you make of all these injuries? Let's not forget about Jed Jerko with the hamstring injury as well. It, this is a pretty yeah. impressive stre- stretch of injuries right now. Um, it's kind of unprecedented when you think about it now, given these are just, oh, they, most of them may just be being cautious. So they're, they're not pushing them too much, but there's, I, I want to blame it on just the length of the season guys wearing down because the guys you're mentioning outside of like Colton Wong, not exactly young men. Colton's young. Carp's not. Fowler's not. Jerko's fairly young, but he's been up for a while, so there can be some wear and tear on these bodies. So I'm not terribly shocked that they're having injuries. I'm just shocked at the complete grouping of them all together at the same time. That is rough. And as we say this, Jose Martinez has just had a two-run home run, so the Cardinals are now on top with the injury-ridden lineup that they tossed out there tonight. And that and that's great to see because you know Jose Martinez. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but he's just he has just taken every opportunity he's been given this season. He and he has just not only has he ran with it, but he's literally flown with it. And 
you know, I, I am shocked that he doesn't see more playing time, but at the same time, you know, we have the kind of manager we have, and that's probably more to do with that than anything else. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I mean, I don't know how much more Jose Martinez can show you before you just say, all right, you get out there and play, because the guy just constantly and constantly is successful at the plate. He's not a plus defender by any means, but neither is half our team. It's not like you're really taking that much of a negative by putting him out there, but his bat makes up for it. And I can completely understand why this team had so many issues in spring training where they were trying to decide between him and Tommy Pham. Unfortunately, Tommy Pham got sent down and we didn't get to see the full year from him, which could have been extremely exceptional. But Jose has been very good, and I really hope that he has a role on this team going forward. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of role that is because, you know, as you like to say, you're a Randall Gritchick supporter, and he was, you know, he was tapped to be the starting left fielder, you know, for the St. Louis Cardinals, and he's struggled. He hasn't been – he hasn't been great. Um and Jose Martinez has. And so I, I, I don't know. I, I'm waiting for you to finally admit that, you know what, Randall Grichick doesn't have it, and I know it's not going to happen. But at some point, you even have to admit, you know, maybe this isn't the right situation for Randall Grichick anymore, and the Cardinals need to turn the page. Yeah, you're never going to hear me move on from Randall, and you, you know that. But I do think that that potentially – I think – I honestly believe in a different situation under a different hitting coach and a different manager, he could thrive. And I think we might see that next year. We might see him go somewhere and be that successful hitter everybody wanted, and then I will lord it over every single person that has ever said anything wrong about that man. But that's understandable Biden. because, of course, you, you're number one on the list. But I, the, the Cardinals have options, and I know he's one of them, and he's a cheap option. If they were going cheap, he makes sense, along with Tommy and Jose. To me, the one that makes the most sense, and I, I might be crazy here, is Stephen Piscotty. He's making the most out of that group. He doesn't really offer the power that Gritcher can offer. He's not a plus defender, and – his mind hasn't been really here lately. And I know he's going through a lot, so it's understandable, but they talked about him going to Oakland, which would brought him back to, you know, his home area closer to his family. I think that makes sense in the off season. Yeah. And I, the only caution I have with Stephen Piscotty is exactly what you were saying that he, you know, he had all those, you know, all that stuff going on. So can you really blame the guy for having a down season? So I would really like to know, you know, Orsi, obviously we'll have to wait a while, but I would really like to see how he handles spring training, what he does in the off season to kind of get himself mentally prepared to go back out there and be the Cardinals uh, starting right fielder. But, you know, maybe the Cardinals are going to move him still. I mean, it's definitely an option. And uh, I would really like to see uh, the Cardinals explore those options because, I mean, 
let's be honest, the surplus of outfielders the Cardinals have is just absolutely ridiculous, and it makes no sense for the Cardinals to carry that many uh, outfielding prospects, you know, including Magnair Sierra, who isn't with the Cardinals right now, but he did get promoted to uh, Memphis to help with that playoff push. But you're talking about Magnair Sierra, Harrison Bader. You know, you've got Oscar Mercado coming up in the ranks as well, so you can't really forget about him. Um, so it, 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 just, it just begs me to ask, what will the Cardinals do with that outfielding surplus? Um, and that's something that I think a lot of people should look forward to, you know, once the season ends and once those, uh, the hot stove kicks in. But before we go any further, we do need to take a quick break. You are listening to the official Redbird Rants podcast, episode 24, with Tito and Josh. Stay with us. Okay, we are back with episode 24 of the official Redbird Rants podcast. My name is Tito Rivera. I am joined by Josh McDonald. Josh, we just got done talking about the roster shakeups, call-ups, some injuries. You know, we talked a little bit about Mike Leach's trade, but we're going to get into that right now. And this, as you said, was an unexpected move by the St. Louis Cardinals. And you got done saying, you were saying that the Cardinals pretty much jobbed Jerry DePoto. And I'm not going to disagree with you on this, but, but what is the significance of this leak trade to you? Uh, the, the first thing that comes to mind is money. I mean, everybody saw that contract when we gave it to him, and it looked like a contract out of desperation. And it really was. And you miss out on David Price, and you think, I, we have to make a move. There's not a lot out there. It looks like the Diamondbacks are going to try and sneak in and take Leak. You offer him more money, so you lock him down. You offer him too much money. He's clearly not worth that much. So you clear him off the books now and only have to pay $17 million, I believe, the rest of his contract. Correct. It was a mistake to, to, it was a mistake to sign him. But that is incredible to get that off the books. And then the second thing is you open up a, a spot in the rotation for a young guy who is a lot cheaper, a lot more effective, and a lot more exciting just in general. I mean, fans have to be a lot more excited going to the ballpark on a day that Luke Weaver's pitching than having to go see Mike Leake. That's nothing against the guy, but he's not an exciting pitcher. It's a ground ball pitcher who's going to – dink and dunk through a game where Luke Weaver can post up a 10K outing any day he goes out there. And that's far more exciting and fun for fans. Yeah, and I think obviously the first thing that, you know, both you and I noticed because we texted each other immediately when that happened was was the money. I mean, you know, that's, that's what it comes down to for me. That Honestly, that's the – only thing it comes down to for me because when you can tell me you can get rid of 55 million dollars off of you know off your books for the next you know four years essentially that's a lot of money you're you're not asking for a cheap player right there you know any anybody would tell you that that's that's a great move for the st louis cardinals i think where it kind of stinks is that um, you are you're missing you're missing a, a, a 
a decent pitcher. I mean, he wasn't great by any means, but he was a decent pitcher, and, and we can't forget about that. There were some games. I mean, think about early on this year, Josh. The guy who had nine straight quality starts, he beat Max Scherzer earlier on in the year when the Nationals were extremely hot. You know, that's the kind of pitcher that the Cardinals wanted out of Mike Leak. It, I think it just came down to that, you know, once he got into his little funk, they realized that, you know what, he's not going to get any better than what the Cardinals probably have in the pitching system right now. And, you know, Luke Weaver has obviously, you know, outdone him. So what's the only way what, – what can we do with Mike Lee? Well, the only thing you can do is trade him because they're not going to release him because all that money is guaranteed. So – they did what they had to do. They traded him to Seattle. Did Seattle get jobbed by this? It's hard to tell at this point. Um, if you're talking money-wise, absolutely. If you're talking for a pitcher, they needed it. They need a guy. Felix Hernandez isn't the same pitcher that we knew, you know, four years ago. So they needed a starting pitcher. So they got a guy that could give them six innings, and look what he did there for that first start, seven innings and two earned runs. And, you know, if you're a Cardinals fan, you're thinking, well, where the heck was that over the last couple of days? But changes of scenery, sometimes that gives them a, a boost. And so it's possible that Mike Leake's move to Seattle gives him a boost, um, but it, it still remains to be seen. But this is all about money to me. Yeah, I don't want to discount what Mike Leake did for this team early on. For quite some time, he he looked he put up numbers that were some of the best in baseball, and it looked as though the Cardinals were getting that pitcher that they had signed, they, that they had high, such high hopes for. Unfortunately, he leveled out and couldn't find that success again to at least the same extent. But, you know, I agree. I think – change of scenery can be good and I think the change of scenery has been has been good to players that have been leaving late, lately I mean you look at what Matt Adams did immediately going to the Braves he became one of the best power hitters in the game so no I'm not I, I don't want to disparage Mike Leake because I don't think that gets anyone anywhere he's no longer a Cardinal but he did his time for us so I hope if we see him again he gets a nice little applause, probably not a standing ovation because I don't think he was around long enough, but give him some applause, show him some love, and just appreciate what he did give you during his short tenure here. Right, and, and I mean, we're talking NL Cy Young potential, you know, over those first, you know, I think nine or ten games, so it's not like he was he was a slouch by any means. So, you know, that's – you're right. You know, the Cardinals – and the Cardinal fans should appreciate, you know, what he was able to do for uh, the team. And, oh, my goodness, that just I cannot believe that just happened in the game. Nobody's covering home. What a joke. Okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry to get sidetracked there. But, um, you know, you have to appreciate for what, what he did for, for the Cardinals, and that much is true. And, you know, I wish nothing but the best for him because he is a good he is a good pitcher. And I think, you know, given some different circumstances, he probably would have done a lot better. Um, so that being said, let's go ahead and move on to uh, another topic, and that's the division and wild card race. Um, 
we kind of talked about it a little earlier uh, as we began the show, but I kind of want to hit on it just a little bit more. And, Josh, the Cardinals, as I said, they're four and a half games out of the division and three out of the wild card race. Which is the easier route for the Cardinals to make the postseason? I I think it's the wild card at this point. Um, Colorado looks like they're in flux right now. They are struggling mightily. I think they're winning right now, but just as a whole, they're really struggling, and you can't deny what's ahead of us right now in the Central, and that's two teams that have we continue to play. Now, Milwaukee is ahead of us still on the wild card, but only two only two teams can potentially make it. So I don't see our path being going to the – going through the central being as easy because the Cubs have so much talent. We've said it all year long. They have too much talent to be struggling like they are. Now they've had some injury issues as well. It uh, looks like Jake Arrieta is going to miss his start this weekend. So that's a problem for them. But just based on sheer numbers and the, and the fact that I believe the Rockies face the Dodgers this weekend, I, it's got to be the wild card for me. Right. And I, and I think you kind of, with that last bit of bit of uh, information right there, you know the Rockies playing the Dodgers over the weekend. This could be an, a really opportune time for the Cardinals to make a move in the wild card standings. Um, this weekend, the Cardinals play. Uh, let's see here, they play the Pirates, while the Dodgers and Rockies play. You know the Pirates aren't necessarily a great team you know they've been able to beat the Cardinals a little bit here and there but the Cardinals should win that series because they've got Weaver Martinez pitching in the first two games of that series so I would pencil them in for two wins there and then Waka starting the Sunday game but I I also agree that the wild card is the easier route but I'm wondering if I'm only saying that because it, you know, it's one less game that we have to win. And consider how the Cardinals have played, you know, their first five months of baseball pretty much at 500 ball. You know, you pretty much have to expect the Cardinals to win out the rest of this way. I mean, you've got six games against the Cubs, seven games against the Cubs, and and three more against the Brewers all in this month. And pretty much from this weekend on, it's all Central Division opponents. And we've seen the Cardinals have just been very lackadaisical with uh, their Central opponents. So, I don't know. What do you make of that? The struggle that this team has had in the Central as compared to against some of the better teams in the league has not made any sense to me. They have hung with the Nationals the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers, but they go into a central game and they seem to just lose any ability to play good baseball. I don't know what that is. I will never be able to understand it, but it's a problem and it has been all year. It's it's not something that's going to go away. I think we have to focus on other teams letting themselves down for this team to move up because that's kind of what has to happen. This team gets in its own way so often 
that you need other teams getting their way to even that out. Yeah, and, and that's what concerns me too is that we, we tend to get in our way. Um, but I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I kind of feel like the rotation now with Luke Weaver and Flaherty in place, uh, it, it kind of lends me to believe, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, maybe a turning point. I mean, think of this. For the next couple of games, you've got Waka pitching tonight. You have Flaherty, Lynn, Weaver, Martinez, and then Waka once more. And that rounds out the rest of the week. But then beginning on Tuesday of September 12th, Wainwright comes back into the rotation. And that is going to be a heavily, heavily criticized start, or maybe scrutinized is the better word there, because of everything that has gone on with Adam Wainwright this year. What do you think? Personally, I really thought that we were going to see him end up back in the bullpen when he returned. I thought that made too much sense with the issues he was having. Um, The fact that he's coming back is great. I know there were some concerns there, um, but I don't think it's smart to put that kind of strain on the guy's elbow to come back and start after he's had consistent issues this year. This isn't the first time he's had problems with velocity or anything this like this season, this is just a, another setback for him. Why put that pressure on him? Why not let another guy who can be equally as effective to who Wainwright is at this point and let Wainwright go into what is probably our weakest spot right now to potentially strengthen that? Yeah, and I my only question is, is how effective would Wainwright actually be out of the bullpen. I mean, having a, a shot elbow in the bullpen isn't as good. I mean, look at what happened to Rosenthal. Now, granted, they're not the same kind of pitcher, but, um, you know, you're talking about, a, a you know, a shot elbow potentially, you know, bridging a gap between your closer, who the car, which the Cardinals don't even have in the first place. So are you, you know, are the Cardinals willing to, to take that risk, or are they saying, you know what, his elbow looks fine. He'll be back in two weeks, as he told Dr. Miles um, on the broadcast the other day. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Oh, my gosh. Piscotti is so lucky, Josh. I don't know what to say. Yeah, he's not exactly um, a genius on the base pass. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I keep getting distracted with the game, but that that was almost really horrendous. Um, but what I was saying is, you know, he this start will be scrutinized because of everything that has happened, and it'll be interesting to see how he responds. Now, if he goes three innings and gives up five of the runs, you know, Matheny should not even waste a single second in pulling the guy. Not even one second. I think that they need to have a plan in place that basically says, like, he's going to go out, and he, if he's not hitting his normal numbers and velocity and warm-up, Jack Flaherty, get ready. Because what is the point of tossing him out there if he's not going to be go, getting past 85? That seems just contradictory to the point of the game. You want to be successful – so why toss a guy out there who's clearly labor? Right, yeah. There yeah. 
And Flaherty technically would be starting that game had Wainwright not been healthy. If he's not healthy, Flaherty would start that game. So I can actually see Wainwright only going three or four innings where, and then Flaherty comes in and takes the fifth, sixth, and possibly seventh and leaves the rest of it to uh, the eighth, you know, eighth and ninth to the closers and, and the rest of the bullpen. So, you know, it's it's inter- it'll be interesting to see, you know, as, as Piscotty gets thrown out at home on a bun attempt by Waka. So, Josh, we have about five minutes left, and I want to wrap up with just the State of the Union kind of thing of, of where exactly the future of the St. Louis Cardinals is. Is it with the pitching? Is it with the outfield? Or is it re- does it remain to be seen? And more specifically, I kind of want to touch on, you know, what has to happen in this offseason to really make the future of the Cardinals apparent to Cardinal Nation so that we can stop worrying about where this team is going? Well, first and foremost, this team needs a true three-hole bat. Whether that's Marcelo Zuna or John Carlos Stanton as Harrison Bader hits a home run, I mean, this guy, he's something else too which I'll get to in a second. Um, You know, it's already come out that the Marlins are going to have to cut almost half their payroll. There's going to be a fire sale there, and you need to get in on it because there are three options there that could slide perfectly into the Cardinals' three-hole and be that hitter that we haven't had, which would then just put so much more ease on the lineup because other guys don't have to feel as much pressure. Paul DeYoung does not need to be our three-hole hitter. That's a lot of pressure to put on a rookie. Slide him down to five next year, and we're looking at potentially a very special five-hole hitter. Um, But the future of this team is in the young guys. I mean, there's a big gap, I feel, on this team Uh, when you look at things. There's the old guard of Carpenter and Wainwright, but then there's the guys that are coming up right now, and I will include – Colton Wong in that because he's still a a young man. You have Harrison Bader, you have Magnara Sierra, Luke Luke Weaver, Jack Flaherty. You have so many other guys that are down in the minors. Whether or not they're on the team next year remains to be seen because you can't keep that many outfielders. It's not not realistic. Something's coming. If something doesn't happen, then I'm assuming Mo and Gersh are asleep at the wheel because the way this roster is compiled right now is not successful going forward. You have to clear out some of the excess numbers, and there's talent in there, so you should be able to get something very, very good for it. And, and you know, funny enough, you missed a really, really important piece, in my opinion, and that's Alex Reyes. And, you know, his impending return – to the Cardinals rotation, I think is extremely, extremely important. I, I don't know if he'll go right to starting pitching. He might be used out of the bullpen. But at some point, he will be in the Cardinals rotation. The Cardinals won't give up on him because he just has too much talent to be able to not be in this rotation. So I, I, I agree with you. The future is right now, honestly – you're looking at it right now in this game, if you're listening. You're looking at Harrison Bader hit home runs. You're looking at uh, Bravig Valera hit, uh, uh, you know, hitting. You're looking at Alex Mejia. I mean, he may not be 
you know, a prototypical starter. He, but he could be the next utility guy like a Greg Garcia. So the future is right now, and I'm very excited uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up tonight. Josh, thank you for joining me, and for all our listeners, thank you so much for joining us as well. We are Redbird Rants. Please, please, please go to our website at redbirdrants.com. Check out what we've got going on, and please have yourselves a good night, and please keep your thoughts and prayers for the victims and everything, everybody affected by Hurricane Irma in the next couple of days. Thank you. Have a great night, and go Cards.